I'm so glad you've joined us. My name is Sharon Feckety, the host of the Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. So we are all on this broken road together, everybody. We are under construction and we're going to go through this together. One of the reasons I decided to create this podcast was because the only way to normalize this conversation about mental health is continue to have it. So you will be hearing from some very special people on this podcast, people that have lost loved ones to suicide or overdose, uh, mental health professionals, people that are trudging the road through recovery right now as we speak, people that are on the other side and offering tips to all of us that are still under construction. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. I am Sharon Feckety, your host of the Broken Road to Mental Health. We are all on the broken road. I am currently under construction myself, and I would assume that the lovely lady joining me today and licensed mental health counselor, Mona McGregor, is potentially on the same road. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back again. I appreciate that. I know. Well, listen, I don't, um, I don't ever hold back when it comes to all of the wonderful resources that I have in terms of licensed mental health counselors. And you are um, a champion of, of women and you love to teach them about self-love and compassion. And you are a sex therapist and we're going to talk about sex today. So yeah, I mean, I'm just thrilled to be able to offer your services through a podcast show and hopefully we reach somebody and help one person today. Always the goal. That's wonderful. That's amazing. There's nothing I love talking about more than self-care. The other thing would be to talk about sex. So I'm thrilled to be able to do that today. Thank you for that. Fantastic. Okay. So Mona, tell everybody a little bit about your why and why you chose to become a licensed mental health counselor and a sex therapist. So I wasn't expecting that question, to be honest. That's um, why I did it. Expecting a lot of other questions. Okay. Well, first of all, the day that I decided to um, begin my program in clinical sexology, when I shared with my mother that I was doing this, her first words were, oh my God, please don't have a radio talk show. <laughs> and here we are. This is my mother's biggest fear. So if this happens to be one of the podcasts she watches, she'll just be shaking her head. <laughs> you know, I grew up like many people in a home where we didn't talk about sex at all. I remember being about 18 and finding one of those little books in their closet way in the back about how babies are made, but it was the kind of thing that you would give to someone in first grade. Like there were, I think there were chickens or like animated chickens on it. So you <laughs> so much discomfort mm -hmm. with talking about sex. Um, very taboo. Uh, you don't have sex before you get married. Like sex is bad, save it till you're married kind of attitude. So a very kind of prudish, I guess, old Victorian way of looking at um, sexuality and sex. So mm -hmm. it's, I did not come from a space where this was talked about. We had open discussions and things like that. So I became a sex therapist, I think ultimately, because it was exactly what I needed. I mm -hmm. was married young. Of course, you never feel like you're married young. I was married at 24 and I really didn't know anything about having a healthy 
sexual relationship. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, great person. We're both great human beings, but we had a very sexually dysfunctional marriage. It was a sexless marriage, essentially. And I never had someone to turn to, to talk about these things. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't talk about this with family, a little bit with friends, but then there's shame attached to that because yeah. what am I? I'm this young woman, you know, I'm a therapist. I'm doing all these things. I should know better. And I never, you know, you heard about Dr. Ruth, but mm. you never really realized that Dr. Ruth's existed, that there were people you could talk to. And so when my marriage ended, I, it, I realized that first of all, the field of, um, sexuality and positive sexuality, positive sex was a passion of mine because I thought if I could help someone that was in the position I was in, I mean, maybe if we had had someone to talk to, we could have worked some things out. Maybe if we'd had someone that could have educated us, we would have been in a different position, but we didn't. And mm -hmm. so um, when I was working on my master's degree, I had the opportunity to take a few classes from a sex therapist that was also a professor. And as soon as I was able to find a program, uh, I signed up. So I have been a sex therapist and a licensed mental health counselor for God, over 15 to 20 years. And I'm nice. just now going back to um, get my PhD in clinical sexology. So I'm in the middle of that program because- Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I love the field and I love being like, by the time someone makes a phone call or is looking for a sex therapist, they've had a long challenging road because no, none of us are conditioned to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. And so we finally feel like we need help. There's been typically a lot of suffering along the way. So uh, it's my pleasure and honor to create a self, not a self, um, a safe, not judgmental space for people to come in and talk about something that is so private and so intimate and to help out in that arena. To I am, yes, I am so happy we're talking about sex. <laughs> we're going to talk about sex. Just saying it is so freeing. So um, I relate so much and I, I actually love, because I don't think I've, I've done a show yet talking about sex. I love that we're talking about it because to, to me, as you mentioned, you know, sex can have a very shameful um, undertone. So it, depending on how you grew up, where you grew up, what religion, um, what, who your parents are and who their parents were, all of that generational, you know, um, trauma or whatever you want to call it. I believe that, you know, I grew up Irish, Catholic, and we certainly did not talk about sex openly. Um, in my household still to this, you know, I, it's funny. I, you've heard so many people through the years say, I was watching this rated R movie with my parents. Like I'm 48 and if a sex scene comes on and my parents are there, I would just like die. So there is, there's so much like, what is the word I'm looking for? We're so, um, I felt very shunned talking about it. So it led to a lot of my I can relate a lot of it to my alcoholism, to my addiction. Um, uh, you know, I didn't feel good about myself. So who I attracted sexually was going to be affected negatively. So, um, and then there's sexual trauma. There's, there's so much 
that I'm so happy we're talking about it. So let me stop. Let me position myself because I'm like, wow, yeah, it's such a, it's such a big deal because once you say that for months talking about this going, there's so many, it's like peeling an onion. It really is. Yeah. So I'm interested in, because I work in the healthcare industry, I'm interested in how many physicians think maybe I should refer this patient to a sex therapist. Does that happen? What does that look like? It does. Thankfully it does. You know, uh, I think any physician I've seen now, first of all, I'm not, I'm not just seeing people for um, sexual issues. I see people in my private practice, um, you know, for anxiety and depression and life transition and all kinds of things, more general things. Mm -hmm. But I've had a doctor or someone in a doctor's family as a client for any reason, I tend to get referrals from them, you know, for the sex therapy, uh, if I meet with urologists, because the thing is, when things are not working physically for a man, they will mm-hmm. see their general practitioner, the general practitioner will first send them to a specialist, which is good, because we always want to rule out any physical or medical issues before mm-hmm. we even try something else. But once it turns out that they've tried some things with the urologist, or everything is should be working quite typically or normally for a man, then we go back to the brain where sex originates. We, want, we don't wanna have sex on the brain, but that's where it originates, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so then hopefully they're sending them over because there's an opportunity for them to learn a little bit more about where some of the challenge might, challenges might be originating from. And it could go back to childhood. It could go back to sexual trauma. It could go back to limiting beliefs, um, challenging relationships. I mean, there's a myriad of things, but I'm always pleased when I do get referrals from doctors. I get referrals from other therapists too. In the state of Florida, you have to be a licensed um, clinical sexologist to practice sex therapy. Mm. It is a special accreditation and coursework and like almost like having another associate's degree. It's not the same way in every state. So um, I recommend that if you're looking for a therapist that is, is, and part of the issue happens to be a sexual issue, you find someone that's trained in that field. They're trained in that field. They love working in that field and they're going to be sex positive because if Mm. you're going to resolve something, you want somebody that's you know, really on your team to help you with that. Sure. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai Technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. So they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. And there's also just like there are um, addictions with gambling and addictions with drugs and alcohol. There's also sex addictions. So um, I find it very 
comforting knowing that we have a specialist such as yourself right here on the show and here in Tampa Bay. So um, moving on from sex for just a moment, <laughs> let's, let's talk about um, why you have such a, a great passion for women in particular, taking the time to work on self-care and healing themselves. I know that you have a, a beautiful retreat coming up um, for women uh, that makes, you know, brings attention to how we all need to focus on self-care. So tell me a little bit about your why when it comes to getting involved with helping women, especially. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I believe, I, I, I know, and I believe that self-care is sex care, because if we are not taking care of ourselves, and I mean, getting healthy sleep, eating a diet that makes us feel good and helps our bodies thrive. If we're not managing our stress, if we're too much of our energy is going out to other people and things, and we have nothing left for ourselves, we're going to go for the higher order things. Is there food? Is there a roof over my head? Are the kids at school? Sex can very easily get put over on the side because it's not critical for survival. It's not oxygen necessarily. So I, I'm big on the self-care to begin with because when we're working on self-care, we're working on something that is essential. And when we're caring for ourselves, we have to begin, to, we have to love ourselves enough to do that. We have to know we're worthwhile mm. and that I deserve this. And I need to take this time because when I take this time, I feel good. And the mm. goal is to feel good. And when you're feeling good, you are more interested in doing other things. You have more energy, you have more desire, you feel more desirable. When you feel good, you feel more desirable. And that comes with self-esteem. So if we're feeling better about ourselves and our body and our energy and our sensuality and femininity, we are more interested in being open to um, sort of a more open sexual experiences or within our relationship, I would say. Totally. I mean, I, I think that a lot of women today struggle with um, whatever it might be. Maybe they um, gained weight. They don't feel good about themselves. Maybe they just had a baby and their body is not, you know, functioning the way it once did. There's menopause to take into consideration, you know, so there's, there's such a, there's, there's such a need for retreats such as the one that you're putting on um, in September, which I we will have in the show notes for everybody that wants to find out more information. But I know one of the things that I love about your practice, Mona, is that you, yes, you are, you know, you got your master's, you're going for your PhD, you're, you know, a sexologist. Um, I just made, I don't know, did I make that term up? Is that no, a- I was going to go, good for you for, yes, sexologist. Yes. We're Good. Called sexologists. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, um, I love that it's not just about, you know, all right, you're, you're feeling a certain way. I'm going to refer you maybe to a psychiatrist. You're going to get medication, not to say that you don't have that in your practice, but there are all these other wonderful modalities that you've brought into your life, like yoga, um, like, um, hypnosis, and because I am a very open-minded woman myself, I have gone, I've been hypnotized. I love all of that. I, I highly recommend hypnosis. such a, such a wonderful, natural way to heal thyself. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that? Because I do also think that 
bringing in these other modalities can really, really help with any affliction that somebody might be coming into your office with? Well, absolutely. And so between the ages of about zero and seven, everything that happens lands in the subconscious mind. It gets stored there with memories along with your belief system. And it's formed by, you know, the adults in your life, like teachers and parents, it's formed with peers, dramatic events. It can be shaped through an altered state, which is, you know, yoga, hypnosis, meditation, things like that. But within the subconscious mind, we have a lot of rules and belief systems that we, that get sort of cemented at an early age, good ones and ones that don't serve us so well. Mm. And those are the kinds of things that will bubble up when you're having a challenging day or when something doesn't go well and you find yourself saying something really horrible to yourself that reminds you of something you might've told yourself as a child or you were told. So we have a lot of those things stored in there. And through hypnosis, we have the opportunity. So that we have the conscious mind. The conscious mind is you and I are having a conversation we're doing on Zoom. That's what's happening. But your subconscious mind is all the stuff under the surface. It's kind of like an iceberg. And between those two places, we have something called the critical factor. And the critical factor is like a doorman at a bar. So when something is said to us, we kick it out. Like if I said to you, I really think you should be the next great supermodel. Head out the door right now, Sharon. Well, Ah. I would love that if you did that. But (laughs) what would happen is possibly your critical factor would go, yeah, no, not today. I don't have time for that today. I'm doing other things. So the critical factor bounces things out. And what we do through hypnosis is we have these beautiful ways of relaxing the mind so that we can go in and kind of massage the brain and create, we can reframe things in the subconscious mind, negative messages, limited beliefs, um, and reframe, rewire so they can be things that serve us. They're more positive. They're that little voice that says, yes, you can, and you are so hot, you've got this. And, you know, I am sexual, I am sensual, I am good at what I'm doing, I love my body, all kinds of of different things. So hypnosis is wonderful because um, it creates suggestibility within, within the subconscious mind, which opens people up then to other things after the hypnosis session. They take that with them. So if they had all kinds of limiting beliefs about how desirable they are, how beautiful they are, how worthy and deserving they are, they can leave the session letting go of so many of those limited beliefs and having new belief systems that do support them and serve them. So, Mm -hmm. and it's so relaxing. You remember things that happen. You cannot make anybody do something out of their moral code during hypnosis, it's kind of like this beautiful massage for your brain. And I've had great success um, through hypnotherapy with uh, erectile dysfunction, desire disorder, infertility, besides anxiety and self-confidence. So I love it for the field of sex therapy. I do too. I think it's fantastic. I remember um, the most recent um, time I had um, hypnosis was in a a wonderful practitioner in Tampa. And um, it had been so long. And I remember the thing that I walked away with was how many, how many women I know that would benefit because we have so much negative self-talk that the opportunity to sit with, she was saying such wonderful, positive things to me. And I, I was like, I just, I want to carry you with me 
in my pocket <laughs> all day long to tell me those things when I have doubt, when I have regret, when I don't feel good enough, when I don't feel sexy, when I don't feel pretty, um, that you are there to remind me that I am so much more than this body and this mind. You know, it's it was just a, a wonderful experience. And I'm so glad that you are also offering that. I think it's really, really important. I also know you'll be offering that on your retreat. Um, so anybody that um, is looking to really spend some time in self-care, I highly recommend you deserve to take a break, right? We all deserve to take a break. So Mona, before we go today, because you know, the time goes by so fast and you have patience to get back to, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with today? Well, I think, you know, again, and, and what's so beautiful about getting to know you, Sharon, is I feel like you're my self-care sister. Like we both mm -hmm. are on the same page mm -hmm. about promoting this and recognizing within ourselves how important this is and letting other women know and giving them permission to go and do those things that help them take care of themselves. So I really, I think everything, so many things need to come back to, if you're not taking care of yourself, you won't be able to take care of anybody else. And mm -hmm. just the idea of that make, I think hopes, hopefully will tell women it's time to turn within a little bit, but it's not selfish. That self-love, self-care and self-knowledge is essential. That these are things that are essential for your well-being. And um, so whenever we're practicing the self-care, when we're, when we're good in our own skin, then we have much more to give to the people we love in a genuine, authentic way, the way that we want to show up. And it helps our romantic relationships, our friend relationships, our work relationships, because when we're there, we're feeling good. The goal is to feel good. So. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And on that note, my self-care sister, thank you so much for joining me on the Broken Road to Mental Health today. You are a joy and I'm so glad that you are here with us in Tampa Bay. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about all of the things that you're doing to help empower other women. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sharon. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out.